shouts to everybody. Wherever you are, whatever you are doing, thank you so much for your company. I am truly honored today to have somebody who is incredibly outstanding in the field of nutritional medicine. He is otherwise known as the medicinal chef. He's been in the industry for over 25 years. Uh, he has written numerous books. I want to get onto that subject as we go on. I can only be talking about one person, of course. I'm talking about Mr. Dale Pinnock himself. Dale, listen, welcome, and thank you very much for, for joining me uh, on the podcast. Really appreciate that. Thanks for having me. You're known as the medicinal chef. Yes. And I just want to know a little bit about your background into this subject. If you see somebody into health and fitness or they study it or whatever the case is, the number one question is, um, how ill were you yep. or what was yep. wrong with you? Because I, not many people before the Instagram day where everybody's like a nutritional Instagram, <laughs> hit, you know, yeah, yeah, expert. Yeah. but before that, you, you normally left school, you wanted to be something, but very few people say, oh, I want to study IBS. I don't, I don't think that. So it normally comes from a place of illness. So, so what was your story? For me, it was acne. From the age of about 10 or 11, it was actually the summer where I left primary school to go up to secondary school. That time in your life when you're just starting to compare yourself in relation to your peers, I started breaking out. I looked like I'd been shot in the face with a blunderbuss. It was awful. And I went, went to so many different practitioners, dermatologists, doctors, specialists, that, that kind of stuff tried every manner of lotion and potion, topical antibiotics, oral antibiotics, all of that kind of stuff. Nothing made a particularly big difference. Then got to about 15 years old and I sat around at my friend's house one night feeling sorry for myself. And his mum lent me this book and uh, it was called Fit for Life by Harvey Diamond. Do you ever remember that? Oh my God, do I remember it? Obviously, I, I don't want to keep it, I don't want to interrupt you every two minutes, but Fit for Life <laughs> is, for those that don't know, those that are listening in um, that have never heard of this book, it's an American book, it's Harvey and Marilyn Diamond. Uh, they ended up writing three books, a second one, um, obviously Fit for Life 2, but the third one, Photonics for Life, which mainly his, his, his wife wrote. It's all about natural hygiene. And it was genuinely the book, I would say, Dale, above any other. And it's interesting because we've never, we haven't had this discussion at all. So it's interesting because that book, I would say, drastically changed my life. That was the one of all of the books that I read it and everything changed. Well, I, I, I yeah, she, she lent me this book when I was 15 and I read this thing, you know, obviously as a 15 year old boy, she said to me, look, unless you change what's going on on the inside, nothing will change on the outside. And obviously being a 15 year old lad, I was like, yeah, whatever, you know, in the nineties, in the middle of the rave scene, I mean, I wasn't thinking about food at that time. <laughs> to, be, to, <laughs> to be fair, uh, I was so desperate. If someone would have told me to go out in the garden at midnight wrapped in tinfoil and it would help, I would have done it. So I read this thing cover to cover in a weekend and then that was it that was that light bulb moment i realized that we can actively engage in our own healthcare. we don't just ha it doesn't just have to be a passive process there's steps that we can take to actually improve our health and you know start to actually take some degree of control it's it's so funny that i didn't i didn't actually realize even until the beginning of this conversation how much uh weirdly we have in common in sense you had severe acne i was covered with meta foot and skin disease called psoriasis and also had eczema and like you said i i would have done anything you told me to pour bleach on me and it would have gone i would have done it it's very true you've done a book as yeah. well in 2018 you got the clear skin cookbook as well yeah skin was very close to your heart very first thing so yeah so what changes did you fundamentally make what was the first things that you changed for your 
skin or after reading the book did you just go look i'm cleaning from the inside out and it's just a case of just cleaning it was it was more that i mean obviously at the time i was i was i've been cooking since i was four years old so i've always been very um adventurous and experimental cooking since you were four no word of a lie as soon as me and my sister were old enough to know what saucepan was my mum would have us in the kitchen helping her to prepare the family meals your so. mum's flanneling you there she's having a laugh <laughs> i think my first memory is at seven i think but that, that's because i smoked too much marijuana in my teens so maybe that's why i can't remember anything <laughs> well no, i remember it i remember it though i always yeah uh, no i'm not dissing it so obviously you're in the kitchen at four so so you had a massive interest like from very early on <laughs> in eating yeah i was always an enthusiastic eater but most of it was crap to be honest i mean i mean it's like how many ways can i make pizza exciting what kind of dirty burger could i create no i'm sorry but when you said you're an enthusiastic eater i think most of the uk most <laughs> of western society that that is the problem yeah. is that we're all enthusiastic eaters it's just that what we're like you said I mean, you look at the size that i used to be i was a very enthusiastic eater <laughs> um, so yeah so you read the book and then what was the big change i went over to a plant-based diet I went 100% plant-based overnight with that. And I, I was actually vegan for over 20 years. I'm not now, but I was for over 20 years. So hang on, you were vegan for 20... I'm going to keep interrupting, sorry, because these are great points <laughs> to just bring up for our listeners. No, but the thing is, is that you're vegan for over 20 years. Mm. I was vegan for seven years. Um, and, 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 and I think that's part of it, is when you first get into this, you, you, you're so enthralled by it, you almost become scared of everything else and of course you yeah. go so far one way yeah. that you see you you don't believe that that you can have a healthy balance of anything mm. and you and i suppose we all have to go through that to some extent but 20 years as a vegan let me ask you a question what broke you after 20 years what was the thing what did you eat it wasn't a food that did it it was actually decline in health i mean i um i i really really thrived on it for a very very long time like through all of my 20s i felt fantastic early 30s i was like okay when i got to about 35 36 things started to change all of a sudden i started to balloon and i was eating a whole food vegan diet after having studied two degrees and a master's in the subject, it was really good food. I knew what I was doing, but I just started ballooning. And then I just started getting all sorts of weird symptoms, got some blood work done. My inflammatory markers were through the roof. My lipid panel was absolutely shot to pieces. My omega-3 to omega-6 ratios were completely out of kilter. Everything was starting to lead towards some quite serious degenerative patterns. So... Around about that time as well, I started for the first time after 20 odd years getting the most uncontrollable cravings for me. It just came out of nowhere after 20 years. Usually it's after 20 minutes. You know what I mean, people are like, yeah, yeah, I'm vegan. Then three days later, they smell a bacon sandwich and lose their marbles. But this was 20 years. And you know what I had? I had a steak. Did you know what? It's very unusual. Do you know the number one thing that people break? And you've mentioned it just a minute ago. It's a bacon sandwich. They will break it with a bacon sign. They said okay. that's what did it. But like you said, it's normally the people that, that, that have been, you know, vegetarian or vegan for, for a weekend or whatever the case is. And do you know what you brought up? A really important point, and I hope that some that are listening really heed this, is that, is that you didn't blindly, and this is, I think, the challenge we have with a lot of people when it comes to health and nutrition right now, is that they blindly, no matter what they've, and you know, we all fall for what we've read or anything else. And I always say to people, look, even reading my stuff or anything else, mm. always be subjective, always be skeptical, always listen intuitively to your own body. What agrees mm. with one person might not agree with the other person and so on and so forth. 
And what you did intelligently after 20 years was go, hang on a minute, there's, there's something internal that is making me crave this. So listen, I believe that we're, we're, we're like dinosaurs. It's not a case of humans are herbivores or humans are carnivores. I believe that some humans are definitely carnivores and some humans are definitely herbivores. I think we're opportunity. If, if you, if you look at our physiology now, we've adapted its adaptation over our development as a species because we've had periods in, um, early human development where plants were more plentiful and those were the easy food option for us then we've had periods through human development um, where plant foods were less abundant and we've evolved to be able to eat animal foods as well i mean can i just reiterate as well just to make sure for for the listeners as well is that when you you know you said you because there are so many unhealthy vegans right so and and there are very and there are healthy vegans too and that that is the challenge and same with vegetarianism yeah um, is that the, the, there's and say with meatism, whatever the, the although you don't hear something called meatism, it's not a meatism. Why isn't there a meatism? Uh, but anyway, um, <laughs> everything else used to be an ism. That's a good point. Let's start well, meatism. That website got taken down. <laughs> no, I yeah, my time. Yeah. So, so, um, but you were health when you say healthy vegan. So, what would what would your diet consist of for twenty years? Whole food, whole food, plant based. Fine. So it yeah. would be it would be built around fruit, vegetables, whole grains, nuts, seeds, legumes. You know, it's it, uh, there was a little, little bit of olive oil to cook with. There was, um, yeah, that was it. It was the it was the, the, the typical whole food plant-based diet. Because there's a lot of vegans that I know, vegetarian, let's just use the word vegetarians to be more, more kind of, I suppose, level. Um, but vegetarian, I know a lot of vegetarians that haven't seen a vegetable for 10 years. I don't know why they call themselves, <laughs> I don't know why they call themselves vegetarians. They should call themselves, and I coined the phrase, non-meatitarian. Well, no, I could, they, no, not even, I call them starcharians. It's starcharianism. It's like they have, you know, rice, they have pasta, they have chips. That's very John McDougall, isn't it? It's, they're, they're starcharians is what they are. But you as a healthy vegan, but even being a healthy vegan, and this is the point, is that for your meta- your body, for whatever reason, after a period of time, just went, mm. Dale, what are you doing, dude? I want some meat, right? That's, that's, but also, you know, different different stages of life. We we our bodies obviously change in terms of hormonal profiles, and certain metabolic functions start to change. And you know, I was I was thirty five, thirty six. I'm now forty two. Your body changes, and sometimes you have to shift with it. I mean, now there's you know, for, for guys our age, there needs to be more focus on keeping testosterone high, on looking after the health of the cardiovascular system and the prostate, and all those kind of things. And you need to tailor your diet accordingly if you want to live a long and healthy life. And I think I was just quite acutely aware of what I was doing at that particular point in time wasn't supporting my health at that stage in my life. It may well be that in another 20 years, all of a sudden I just crave broccoli all the time. I don't know. You're right. You might revert back as Dr. Norman Walker did or someone like that. And that is the point is that, and it's the same with exercise as well. I mean, I was talking to somebody the other day about this and I want to do a podcast um, uh, about this with with, with the fitness expert. I'm not a fitness expert in any way, shape or form. Um, In fact, you'd be arguing I'm not an expert in anything. Uh, But but when it comes to fitness is that I'm 50 now, I've just turned 50 and there's no question that there is a, there is a massive difference um, between what you can do in your 20s. So take someone like Joe Wicks, right? Who's taken the world by storm. Mm-hmm. The world, in fact, not just the UK. He's taken the world by storm. Um, it's very Bill Phillips based from the 70s, but of course, a lot of Instagrammers would never have heard of Bill Phillips and so on. And so things are naturally recycled. And I happen, I happen to 
uh, like what Joe does and he appeals to a lot of people and he's very fit and good looking. I mean, the guy looks like Poldark, right? So, so, so you can see the appeal of, of the man clearly. Um, but, but I would argue sometimes as well, like hit training, you know, high intensity training, high intensity interval training, whatever the case is, is that, you know, you know I'm not being funny, but my knees aren't the same as they were at 50 yeah. as they were in their twenties. If I start doing tons of hit now, and I think this is where a lot of people though, and I was guilty of it as well in my twenties, thirties, because of course you don't know until you start getting a bit older and you know, you just don't know these things. And so the point, and that's why with age does become a, a degree of, I suppose, wisdom in some way in the sense that, mm. oh my God, I thought I would always be able to do hit training, always be able to run a marathon in under four hours, always be able to, you know, and you go, well, actually those things, unless you consistently train at those things, but your knees are going to buckle at some point. You're this, And you've pointed out the same with nutrition and, and, and I've not heard that from anybody before. So this, this to me is, is very refreshing, really new in the, in the, is that you, you, you didn't, and I think a lot of people listening to this, hopefully they'll gain something from this. It's almost given them permission, Dale, for me. Mm. To, to say, well, actually, just because I'm blindly said that I am something, people get caught up with our identities. I am a vegan. I am a vegetarian. I am a something. Mm. It's those, mm. well, you can adapt. You can change. I mean, I'm not being funny. Otherwise, you'll go around for the rest of your life going, you know, I used to be a nappy wearer. I'm not anymore. That'd be weird, right? You know, you go through different periods of your life doing different things that, that, that support yeah. you at the time. And I'm telling you now, wearing a nappy now wouldn't support. <laughs> so, so, but it's that intuitive thing. So, really interesting. Mm. So, a lot of your books, I'm imagining, in the early days, I don't know, Dale. Am I right in thinking a lot of them were, were very plant-based no i mean i i didn't have my first book published until i was in my 30s so um, it was at the time when i was start, starting to transition yeah well you know what i i'm obviously you look at what's going on now with like you know everyone wants to be an influencer everyone wants to kind of get on this um platform being an expert in this industry i feel you have to kind of earn your stripes i mean for for i spent nine years of my life at university so i did my first undergrad degree in human nutrition i did a second undergrad degree in herbal medicine not that i wanted to be a herbalist but i wanted to understand plant biochemistry more in depth and then i did a master's degree in nutritional medicine at surrey so wow. i spent a long time actually studying because at the end of the day this is people's health we're talking about this isn't this isn't like you know giving people 20 things to do with broccoli this is like dealing with people's health and that is a massive responsibility that I took incredibly seriously so who the hell am I to when I was 20 years old I mean Instagram did, it didn't exist when I was 20 years old but to be there preaching to people I was a student and I'm still a student now I mean that's one of the things that I, I really pride myself on is, is, is still having a hunger for this information and still being completely open to the fact of how much I don't know how much none of us really really Absolutely. know and how much the subject is in its infancy and how exciting this, you know, the, the recent developments in uh, nutritional research are, you know, becoming. And this is the difference there. Like you said, you, you've earned your stripes, you know, and I yeah, think, yeah. That, uh, and, and I think in order to do that, sometimes it's time, sometimes it's study, sometimes it's you're working with people, sometimes whatever it is, it isn't, mm. Hey, I've just opened up an Instagram account and I look good. Well, that's really not enough. Although it is, unfortunately, in today's world, it is. It is in a way. I mean, what for a little while there was a little little time when the Instagrammers had their time in the sun, but then people started demanding more of an evidence base. But also, will those same people have longevity? There's a reason I've had a career for as long as I have. It's because I've. I mean, you look at my look at my Instagram. It's pictures of food and it's value. Every post is value, 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 value all the time. It's not like look at me. I'm fantastic. 
buy this. I'm promoting that. It's just like, here is three things you didn't know about broccoli. This is something that I ate the other day. Did you know this food contains this, 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 or this? I'm about giving value. I'm about giving education. It's not about trying to be on some kind of pedestal. or talking, Well, talking of which, I mean, none of us are on pedestal. We're really not. I mean, I, I've always been the same as well. It's just we're always learning. We're always in the school of, of life, always in the school of nutrition. Uh, that's that's how we are. I yeah. actually believe, though, that your vocation, essentially, I think is in its infancy. Yeah. I actually believe that, Dale. I mean, you've been in the around for, for a long time. You've been yeah. doing this for a long time but actually i think there's a tipping point about to happen i've, lo- I've loved your book Thank lovely you. to have you on the podcast because for anybody who's been under a rock and haven't heard of you at the moment or whatever the case is i hope this gets shared by as many people as, as they can because mm-hmm. there's a lot of you know healthy cookbooks out there but you, you're the best in the field there's not even a question the care the attention to detail the taste that this these aren't thrown together these books are genuinely fantastic the nutrition has been thought through Thank and like you. you said you you have genuine knowledge i mean about health and nutrition it's heart heart and soul as well it is it is heart and soul and anybody who wants to learn more about the the course i know you don't like selling i don't mind selling for you i don't give a monkey's because actually i think it's <laughs> you add because yeah. because i think you add incredible value and i think that i think everybody ultimately is selling something whether it's mm. information or something else and 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 that, that's just how it is yeah. that's the way it is your course that you've got i just want to learn a little bit about it the course is 100 percent online it's a fully accredited accredited by two bodies at the minute and we're in discussions with a third body which is which is BANT British Association of Nutrition and Lifestyle Medicine um, to get their final accreditation as well it's a diploma in culinary medicine really it's all about taking the science and the theory of using food as medicine how food influences our health but then converting that into something practical that people can do with i.e. creating recipes dishes meal plans around specific health concerns it's basically teaching people to do what I do we cover all all of the the key areas that would be safe for people to work in so things like uh, metabolic diseases cardiovascular disease type 2 diabetes uh, mental health all of those different areas how nutrition fits in the picture and then how to take that science and it's fully evidence-based because that's how we've managed to get the accreditation and then turn that into something practical how, how long is the course how can people go about it all that kind of stuff it's 100 online there's no time limit so people could sign up and they could take eight months to do it they could take eight years to do it there's no pressure whatsoever sure. you just work through it you submit the work and then the next part is unlocked there's videos there's uh, recorded powerpoint presentations there's written material there's a variety of things for all different learner types well, i mean there's hundreds of students on board already we've got doctors wow. we've got high school students we've got retired office workers there's such a broad demographic of people and not one of well, this yeah. is an important point sorry Dad, i want to come on to doctors actually just for yeah. a minute as well because a lot of people in, in, in out from the outside look at people in our industry and they automatically falsely incredibly falsely for whatever reason believe that we are anti-doctor <laughs> Um, or anti-pharmaceutical and just to, I mean I'm presuming you're in my school of thought that you, nothing could be further from the truth absolutely on that for you, I, guess. I mean when I, when I was doing my masters most of the other students on that course were, were GPs I work with hundreds of doctors and GPs in different different ways I've, I've got doctors that will actually uh, recommend my books to patients and stuff so there's a great relationship 10-15 years ago it was you know it was maybe a little rockier but the thing is I think everything's got its place when it comes to acute acute issues and acute situations that's where modern medicine is miracle work if i walk out of my office now and get hit by a bus the last thing i want to see is broccoli right i want morphine and i want it now but if um, when it comes to the actual chronic degenerative conditions that 
our plague in our health service, pharmaceuticals aren't winning the war. That's why there's been so much focus and investment by the NHS on social prescribing. We're starting to realise that personal responsibility and self-care is what is the most effective there. So there's almost like two distinctly different camps when it comes to the healthcare picture. Acute medicine, there's really no place for nutrition in it, apart from, you know, if a patient's on a ward and needs like an IV feed or something, but that's very speciality dietetic work. But then with the degenerative stuff the thing that's really really killing all the people that we know and we love that's where nutrition and lifestyle and self-care is most relevant dale are you telling me if you're on a bridge and you get run over by a bus and one of your legs falls off you're not gonna have a broccoli <laughs> juice to make yourself better <laughs> sorry, sorry to break that I mean, to you mate but this is the this is the madness you know what? i get people sometimes saying stuff like that like they might have a back spasm they go you know what juice can you recommend no i recommend demazepam is what i recommend <laughs> i don't recommend yeah. a, a, do you know what i mean it's like are you crazy yeah. this is short short term and long-term medical intervention is absolutely necessary but i think you and i are on the same page in the sense that the pill for every ill and an ill for every pill big pharma yeah. and i know that term's overused i'm not a conspiracy theorist i'm talking about parts of big pharma that really are a racket there's no question yeah. i mean there's no question but 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 let's not confuse doctors with big pharma i mean they're, they're, they're too completely you know doctors are sold to by me i'll tell you a little story there i'm not going to mention any names or company names because you know they'll just rinse us but um a friend of mine like an old, an old housemate i I, well, I used to rent a room off her she used to be european sales director for one of the big pharma companies she's now a mobile hairdresser she took a four hundred thousand pound a year pay cut so she can sleep at night and not feel guilty about what she's doing because she was being being told like there would be like a trial of you know several hundred thousand people and within that there'd be like 25 percent of the participants died or had some kind of um life altering symptom from it they'd be like listen if a doctor asks you about this you've got to say this you've got to say that you've got to lead them around da, 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 da. just get the sale just get that just get the sale and just so, get the sale although i do believe that the u.s probably has more of an issue with that than we do now i think we've we've got some really really fantastic people in our health service now that are really focusing on the self-care aspect really really being enthusiastic promoters and being outspoken about and it's good that they are being outspoken yeah. because the challenge is is they they got bombarded with the pharmaceutical industry as well and and, and yeah. that is where the challenge um often comes in um but like you said i wouldn't be alive today without the pharmaceutical industry so i'm not against you know without my ass i was severely asthmatic without my asthma pump i'd be dead mm. so you know whenever anybody in this field gets and but i think we, i think this, the reason why i wanted you on the podcast as well dale is that look there are quacks on in, in in both ends of the scale so you could look at the alternative medicine field which i suppose would be deemed in mm -hmm. i suppose um that there's quack, there's real quacks. Oh, yeah. In this, I mean, real <laughs> oh, proper yes. first class loony tunes in this field, right? Proper. And the problem is you get grouped with them, and that's the challenge. Yeah. Um, but equally, in the, in the doctor pharmaceutical industry, you've got quacks down that end. But the ones that are what's nice, there's, a, there's, a, there's quite a nice majority now that are coming in the middle of everywhere and going, actually, this this works there yeah. that doesn't work there but let's yeah. look at this objectively and they're starting to and a lot of doctors now are starting to heed by their their own oath the, the number one thing was first do no harm yeah but also i think so so many are frustrated now as well like they're seeing in their practices day in day out patients coming in with these degenerative conditions and they're just not getting any better they're taking their statins they're taking their um 
blood pressure medications, they're taking their diuretics, all the rest of it, they're just not improving. They can see that there's something missing, something has been missing. I mean, a lot of, I guess a lot of people listening that are UK-based will have started to see some of the changes already. Many of your local doctor's surgeries, for example, would have all come under the same name. And they're bundled together in what's called a primary care network now. Sure. And within the primary care network, there's now workers called link workers that are actually like um, liaison officers between the doctors, the patients, and what's available self-care-wise in the local area. They can send patients to cooking classes. They can send them to um, exercise classes, painting classes, whatever. There's so much more focus now with social prescribing on things we can do for ourselves. I was going to say, talking of which, things we can do with ourselves. So practicality uh, towards the end of the uh, the podcast. Um, Things we can do for ourselves. What do you say to those that often say oh well it's different for me because and there's a whole bunch of those obviously that will always have that it's different for me because um and they'll finish the sentence however they want to finish it but the ones that think that they have a good argument which are well actually i would eat healthily but it's just it just costs too much what would you say about that though it's bollocks (laughs) (laughs) frankly It's, it's complete nonsense. Well, there's a new TV show that's that's coming up. The TV show, uh, yeah. Shop Save. So presumably anybody who is thinking that 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 actually you can't yeah. eat healthily <laughs> on on a low budget. Yeah. So from the first of August 2019, so they can tune in, right, and they can say, because uh, otherwise you'll be you'll be here for another hour trying to explain to people how <laughs> because it's so easy. Do you know, what? I get this uh, uh, as well, Dale, all the time. When people go, oh, it's easy for you. It's always easy for for you, isn't it? Right? They don't know your history. Right? They don't know that I was brought up on a council estate in Peckham. They don't know that I was a one parent family. They don't know. There's, there's a billion things they don't know about me. Right? They make absolute assumptions that you know yeah, I was yeah, born yeah. in some affluent area that I was done this, didn't the other, and so you wouldn't know what it's like to live on the bread line and all this kind of stuff and so therefore all we can afford are beans on toast and it's really funny when you go how much is a banana i'm curious i'll tell you a little story actually i mean a few years ago i did this piece for itv news and we were working with these two girls that were living in the ymca in croydon and between the two of them their combined weekly budget for food was 15 pounds wow and at the time they were they were running out of money they were just shopping at like the you know the frozen food supermarkets and they were you know they were eating really really badly they were running out of food running out of money they could feel it affecting their health they really realized that things had to change and they reached out and um said look we want to we want to figure out what to do but then help other people that are in our situation to to find different options so what the first thing we did was we went around croydon market i said to them what bits do you usually get from the market they were like we've never been there so it's like okay this thing is on the doorstep we went to croydon market and we ended up i, I showed them how to make this uh, spinach and sweet potato curry we made a great big vat of it it worked out 60 pence per portion and we made a great big vat of it they they froze portions of it in individual containers and they started to stockpile their own healthy food they spent i think it was something like you know a fiver in total on this market and they had carrier bags and carrier bags full of fresh ingredients and we cooked it up we actually froze things they started to have money in their pocket for the first time they were able to actually live a little i think that's brilliant and also your freezer can be your best friend and what, what your your book shows yeah. and also the the, the the tv show as well if, talking to books somebody's starting out for the first time somebody's listening in right now down they go do you know what all i eat is crap and i can't cook oh well, first of all two questions really first of all do you think that anybody can cook healthily do you think you need to be a, an expert in this field or i mean you were cooking from the age of four i mean you were obviously extra special but but, but, but for most people for i've most been people, called that many times well i'm sure i'm sure you have but for, for most people listening dale do you think anybody can get to grips with with 
with healthy eating. Yeah, and it's, it's not about creating like a cordon bleu masterpiece. What I will say to people is, look, if there's something that you already cook or that, you, that you're happy to start with, that's your starting point. Just try and pimp it up a little bit. Find ways that you can swap ingredients out or tweak the cooking methods. Just start gradually. Just start slowly. You don't have to be... You know, there is no such thing as perfection here. You don't have to have it all figured out. Somebody's getting one of your books for the first time. They're new to you, Dale. I can't imagine people will be. Imagine that. They don't even know who you are. Imagine such a thing. <laughs> but, imagine some, but imagine somebody's new to your world of the medicinal chef. And uh, what book would you... I mean, it's hard. I mean, you've written 14 of the things, but... Yeah. Um, Got to be like trying to choose your favourite child, wouldn't it? Uh, you know what? I would say The Power of Three. <laughs> the Power of Three? Okay, I like that. That's my favourite. That's 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 one that I'm probably the most proud of in terms of the science in there, and the recipes are beautiful as well. Do you want to give us any? What are the three? I mean, just re- I mean, we haven't got a great deal of time left now. But <laughs> wow, oh, this you asked me this at the end. This this is like serious rabbit hole business. But I can give you a quick version. In this industry, we always get asked like, okay, with all of this contradictory information, what is the ideal diet? What should we be doing? You know, should we be paleo or raw or vegan or yada yada? And the truth is, anyone like that's got any kind of scruples at all in this area should say we haven't got a clue we really haven't got a clue what's the ideal diet but what we do know is the ways in which our modern diet is killing us so if we flip that on its head and build a program that's built around doing the opposite like a diet that has an opposite impact on our physiology than those negative consequences of our modern way of eating then we're probably hedging our bets and i think that that can be boiled down to three main areas blood sugar balance fatty acid balance and nutrient density okay that's if you take a step back from a lot of the aspects of our modern way of eating and the damaging effects that those are having on many aspects of our metabolic health it's like we're eating far too much you know fast release sugars we're eating the wrong kinds of fats our food hasn't got any nutritional density whatsoever that's really what it boils down to so this way of eating literally flips that whole thing on its head sure and i suppose the biggest challenge that people have is more of a subject that i tend to deal with more than anything else but is of course addiction you know um is that it's a bit like telling a, a smoker you know that cigarettes are bad for them i mean they they know that and unfortunately obviously everybody who suffers overweight uh, or anything else already knows they don't do what they know not because they're stupid i would say just because somebody's thick physically doesn't mean that they're thick mentally but there is yeah. still something that even those that are even highly addictive and like you said to make tiny little changes going along but also if somebody ate the power of three the way the power mm. of three for like 10 days or something then there is a reset that happens but you put your mind and body in for a, for a, for a service let's put it that way right yeah. and and then after a period of time you then crave the good stuff and you don't know why and sometimes that does switch, seem to switch some of the addiction as well. Yeah, well, I mean, certainly with with a lot lots of physical addictions, I think uh, there's all sorts of mindset shifts that happen. Um, once you start feeling good, you've got to be there's got to be something wrong in the wiring for you to want to stop feeling. Yeah. Good. I get it, but the challenge is, you know, like I stopped smoking once for eight, eight months and I felt fantastic, but that didn't stop me having a joint at a party and the next thing you know, I'm, I'm back on 40, 60 cigarettes a day. Yeah. The problem with addiction, it transcends logic and intelligence. Oh, yes. And the problem is when we're feeling good, we feel that nothing can actually do us harm or we can't get addicted again. And that's, that's for, that's for another part. Yeah. I'm getting you back on, Dale. There's no question. I'm telling you now because there's not enough time. 
you you would honestly you know so much about the subject you're so fascinated you, you're so in tune with a great deal of of how i think about this subject and and the the flexibility of it and the openness of it this this non-dogmatic this mm. is the way to do it and i love that i mean i truly love it. and it's so refreshing in the, in this industry to see that i'm um, doing the other document i'm doing uh, super juice me too just so you know but i do without question want you as a contributor within that movie oh, that'd be um, great. if you're willing to be, oh, yeah, I'd love to be. Uh, because because i just think you filming that next year at some point and uh, and it's slightly different to the first one obviously as you can imagine well the first one's called Super Just Me 1 so it's different straight away <laughs> uh, listen I could, honestly I could treat the fact with you for so long but I know that you know most people listen to podcasts they're making dinner for the kids or they're driving or whatever they're probably just finishing their journey now they're probably already just wrapping up with what they're cooking hopefully they're cooking something pretty good or hopefully now what they've done is they've just gone do you know what I was in the middle of cooking this but I'll tell you what I'm cooking tomorrow I've already downloaded three of the books I've already got the power of three I've already got eat your way to better health. I've already got eat your way to digestion, eat your way to better health, heart disease, eat your way to better health, diabetes, eat your way to better health. I think <laughs> I think the subheading eat your way to better health is pretty much on most of the books, I would say, Dale. It is, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, although I'm saying first of all, because by the time this podcast goes out, your show would have already been aired, right? So, yeah. so the thing is, is that hopefully people would have already watched that show. Uh, it's on ITV. Those listening around the world, hopefully they can tap in somewhere and watch it on the ITV hub uh, somewhere along the lights but uh dale's course i'm gonna get my teeth into it uh if you want to learn more about genuine nutrition not instagram nutrition culinarymedicinecollege.com that one and also they go on your instagram they can they can find links presumably yes. right they go on your yes. instagram which is the medicinal chef the medicinal chef on instagram i was gonna say t i was gonna give you a twitter handle but you know what twitter's just an angry place isn't it i'm not on it i i, I deleted my account for that reason oh good it's just it's just angry. You you get like a uh, a shoal of fish or a gaggle of geese. You get a Twitter of assholes. It's um, hang on. You needed to, to beginning with T. Dale, I'm not letting that slide. You get a gaggle of geese. I get right, but you but you, you need something. You yeah. need a you need shoal a, of fish. You need a pod of seals. No, but you could have said. But I know you're more polite than I. You could have said, you know, well, 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 a Twitter of <laughs> is what you could have said. But I know that you're more polite than I am. I probably would have been able to get it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's all. But I'm still on Twitter. And Every now and then I put something positive out. It freaks them out. They don't know what to do with it. Existential crisis. You start sending love on Twitter, they start freaking <laughs> out. Start smiling at someone on the underground. It really is. You start, start talking to somebody on the ground. You start freaking out. Um, so much more we could talk about. It's been a, a genuine uh, honour. And in a way, it sounds really weird, but uh, I speak on behalf of so many people that you've helped already, and you've helped thousands and thousands throughout the world, um, that actually there was a reason why you ended up getting bad acne. You thought it was a negative, but actually it's been a positive for you. Obviously, yes, oddly, it has. And it ended up being a positive for so many people uh listen i can't thank you enough uh ladies and gentlemen it is the one the only it is the medicinal chef it's thank you very much for coming on thank you